Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arcati Killer, Chapter Magenta. Uh, Before we do that, uh, should we just do a little story so far? Yes, I think we should, because I don't know what's going on. We've had a couple of requests to do a sort of where where we're at in the narrative of the book. One of the requests was me, because I'm, I'm, I'm lost. Right. Well, all right. Go, well, let me try and elucidate for you here. So, I think probably let's just let's just go through all the characters. That makes the, the best sense, I yes. think. So, the long and short of it is that psychics and mystics are being bumped off, aren't they? Yes. Uh, so, first of all, you have Sandra. Now, Sandra is Ooh, a Sandra. Yes. Well, you know Sandra. Sandra is a very long-term client of Magenta's, serial psychic user, and her dog told Magenta that her ex-boyfriend smelled of murder. Uh, and the, uh, uh, you said cereal, so that, that's confusing, my dear. Oh yes, that so makes it sound like breakfast cereals. Ah, uh, yes, I see. So, so she's a, a sort of an addicted to using psychics. And most of the psychics that she's used have been bumped off. That's right. Yes, yes it appears to be her list of particular psychics that are being targeted by this mm. killer. Um, and so, so uh, the, the, the dog Bobo, her dog, told Magenta th- her ex-boyfriend smelled of murder. Yes, Sandra and I can talk to Bobo because if you'd listen to season one, and you really should, then you'll know that an angel gifted me, uh, although it's more of a curse to be honest, with the ability to talk to animals. Yes, that's right. Yes, and coincidentally, shall we go on to Fazir? So Fazir's my arch nemesis, and he's always wanted to talk to the animals. Yes, and he's been gathering esoteric artifacts in order to to, to try to do so. Yes. Um, so you have Fazir. Uh, Elspeth is uh, Fazir's assistant. Uh, she's been helping. A long-term assistant. Yes, very she's long-term. She's known him since he was but a, a small child. A wee bairn. Yes. Yes, and uh, she's a, not Scottish. A, 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 an associate of Fazir's deceased brother as well. Yes. So, so she she knew both of the brothers for a long time, uh, and she's also the mother of Roger, who is my boss. That's right. And he, and Roger has a, a big creepy house full of esoteric knickknacks. And Roger is also the boss of my ex-husband, ex because he's deceased. That's right, Derek. Yes. yes. Who, who so we... we've got a long-term association with Roger. Yes, and that entire family, really. Mm. And if you remember from book one, we helped Derek pass to the other side in yes. a very elaborate... Derek is my ex-husband. Yes. Uh, so who else is there? We've got is this uh, helping. Uh, I think so. Uh, so we have uh, Detective Eldris and Sergeant Egg. Oh yes, they're on the case, as it were. That's right. They're, they're in... on my case. They seem to think I'm a suspect. Yes, because it's, they're, they're, they 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 they're completely unclear as to uh, Magenta's significance in this entire thing. You, you've been acting as an informant, a criminal informant. That's right. Because all the dogs in the neighbourhood had been telling me about criminal activity because that's what dogs do. Yes, they're very nosy. Yes. And so I couldn't just sit on the information. So for the past year or so, uh, I'd been telling the police and and Eldris in particular about this criminal activity. So he seemed to think that I perhaps had a hand in the criminal underworld. Yes. As in I was a part of it. That's true. Mm. Yes. Well, well, it's I mean, it's not true, but that's what he thinks. And uh, of course, uh, Egg and Eldris are now very unclear as to whether Magenta is a potential victim of the killer or in fact a suspect. You know, I think they're getting distracted by their... Uh, the creeping romantic feelings for each other. Yes, they're not doing a terribly good job of investigating because they are rather infatuated with each other, aren't they? Yes. Well, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, there's Gaynor Tribble as well. Gaynor, Gaynor yes. So Gaynor is a, a, a one of the other psychics who has been murdered by the killer. And, very and, powerful psychic. Yes, but very too powerful. powerful to the point where she stopped doing it. Yeah, she achieved enlightenment, didn't she? Almost. Pretty much. Yeah, she was a hair away from it. That's right. Mm. And so Magenta can now communicate with Gaynor uh, uh, in ghost form. 
Yes. So that's uh, that's something that's been happening. So she's as well. sort of helping the investigation. Yes, that's right. Although she didn't see who bonked her on the head and took her brain. No, so she's not that useful yet. No, no. But she might she might prove useful. Yes. And so uh, uh, Magenta and I are hiding out in my workplace, which is a big, creepy mansion. Um, we're, we're sort of living in an, an apartment for visiting clients. And my company uh, deals with security in high-risk areas of the Middle East. That's And that's where Fazir and his uh, deceased brother is from. Th- yes, that's right. And yes. that's where my dead ex-husband, uh, he used to go for business as well. Uh, exactly, yes. yes. So it's all very entangled. It's labyrinthine. It is. I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that, uh, that everyone needed a little catch up on the story yes. so far. Yes. But so uh, that being said, let's launch into the new chapter which How is How long did called... that take? Oh, I don't That's know. bloody ages. It did take a while, didn't All it? All right. Let's get into the chapter called Magenta. Why did you call it Magenta? I've run out of ideas probably. Right. All right, let's go. Thank you, Peggy. I'll email you the orders now, I say down the phone, shielding my iPad from the morning sun and tapping PeggySue92 at Hotmail.com into the two field. Honestly, who uses Hotmail anymore? Women in their ninth decade on this planet, it seems. And I'll put the money in your account tomorrow for the raw materials. Thanks again, my dear. I really appreciate this. I end the call and tick Peggy's name off a list of eight geriatrics. Such a relief. I'd just assigned all my unfulfilled Halloween orders to the biddies and geezers from the local community centre. They've done plenty of work for me before, so I'm not worried about their ability to do the job. Although Peggy does have a tendency to overuse rhinestones. I stretch luxuriously and consider having a snoozy lion. But the coruscatingly bright winter sunlight streaming through the sash window soon rules this out. Plus, last night's completed flip chart is looming in my peripheral vision, demanding my attention. Let's solve some murders, I declare to the empty room and swing my feet out of bed. I'm in quite a good mood this morning, mainly because A, I've offloaded a tedious pile of costume preparation, and B, I get to chill out for the first time in quite a while. Bernard knows everything, so that's a weight off my mind. And I'm in a safe place. We're psychopaths. Puffs. Psychopaths. No, that's not right. No, psychopaths. Yes, why did I say psychopuffs? I have no idea. That sounds like another kind of breakfast cereal, doesn't it? Psychopuffs. Or, or, or a, a Pokemon. Ah, psychopuff. Yes. He would just say psychopuff again and again. And he'd look cute but sinister. They're like they all do. Yes. Yes. And I'm in a safe place where psychopaths can't find me. Perhaps my intestines will even stop doing the hokey-cokey for five minutes. And if they don't, it doesn't matter, because B-Day! If you remember in the last chapter, I discovered there was a B-Day in the ensuite. Yes. I don't even have to think about Dave. Bernard got dressed in his office clothes and took him for a run and a wee-wee about an hour ago. He said he'd asked the building manager to look after him while Bernard's in the office and I'm stuck in luxurious house arrest. And I assume that he must have agreed, as I haven't heard from either of them since they left. So, I have no responsibilities at all, not even to feed myself. Bernard said he'd be back around lunchtime with something from the kitchens. I glanced back at the flip chart. It'd be nice to have made some progress on the case by the time he returns. The case? That makes me feel like a proper detective. Speaking of which, I should text Eldris. Oh, can you do the texting, Bernard, Uh, do you think? The text voice? Yes, you yes, could do a right. you could do a little robotic voice. You, you've put it all in bold here, so yes. that does imply a certain robotic cadence, doesn't it? Yes, I mean I've just spoken it before, haven't I? Yes. When when we've had text messages before in the book. Yes, but all there's right. no reason why we should be consistent. All right. I pick my phone up and tap the little speech bubble icon. 
Don't bother replying to this. I type. I've gone somewhere safe, where the killer won't find me. I'm texting because I took Dave to G. Tribble's house yesterday, and he told me a few things about the murderer. I'll text them to you in the next message. Hopefully help you find Bob. I press send, and then immediately start texting truncated notes from the flip chart. 1. He dated Sandra. Already knew that, didn't we? 2. He eats a lot of pastry. 3. And crisps. 4. And caffeinated drinks. 5. His boots have recently been on hot tarmac. 6. Something about the dust of the ancients. Dave unclear on this one. 7. Hot skin. I think he means tanned. 8. Sexually active at the time of Gaynor's murder. This is an interesting one. He had two regular partners, one of whom has gum disease, both female. One partner is obviously Sandra. Sandra doesn't have gum disease as far as I know, so it must be the other one, which must be Sandra's neighbour, as Bobo first said. 9. Gum disease partner is infertile, so the partner who isn't Sandra has gum disease and is infertile. 10. Absence. Think Dave meant absent emotions, as he later mentioned the murderer had no anger, no fear, no opinions, no soul. Psychopath. Well, we knew that. 11. Bob equals fertile. Ugh. 12. Uses non-bio detergent with citrus and floral undertones. Probably not helpful. Clothes freshly laundered. Minimum sweat on clothes, despite hot skin. Odd. 13. Burning fumes similar to car, but different and stronger. Dave cannot translate all smell experiences into precise vocab, by the way. 14. Broken mucus barriers from dehydration. 15. Sandfly bites on arms and legs. I press send and lean back amongst the pillows. Hmm, not the most enlightening list, although Dave did well considering the crime scene was fairly elderly. Bernard and I obviously tried to reach our own conclusions last night, but we didn't get very far. I was almost cross-eyed with fatigue by the time we'd completed the list. We sat like bad taxidermy for a while before giving up and collapsing into bed. I get out of bed to fetch a notepad and pen, then hop back in for some proper thinking time. So, one of the sexual partners Dave referred to is obviously Sandra. On the subject of Sandra, Bernard and I wondered if her interest in the occult might have influenced Bob's choice of victim. On the other hand, Sandra only started seeing this Bob a few months ago, and two of the murders predate their relationship. Hmm. Bernard and I didn't know what to make of this. It led us to conclude that Sandra isn't responsible for his interest in psychics after all. Perhaps then, it's just a shared interest, and perhaps the very thing that initially drew him to her, and vice versa. Although I recall she said they met outside her house when she was struggling with her shopping, which seems like a remarkable coincidence now that I consider their mutual interests. God, I hope Sandra isn't properly mixed up in this. I write, Sandra? Question mark, exclamation mark, on my notepad as a reminder to myself. The other intriguing element of Dave's report from the crime scene was the hot tarmac and strong fumes. A newly laid road, perhaps? Is the killer a road worker? Perhaps that would allow him to stalk his victims? Bernard suggested an airport worker, although surely the tarmac wouldn't get that hot at this time of year. I feel my good mood dip slightly as it sinks in that I'm no closer to figuring anything out. I hope Eldris is making better progress, because I can't hide at Bernard's workplace forever. I look across the room at the list, at the first few entries regarding diet. 
It seems likely that Bob is a man who eats too much convenience food, probably due to his busy lifestyle of stalking and killing women. That would account for the smell of crisps, pastry and pop anyway. Not much of an insight. My eyes travel further down the list. I wonder if there's any significance in his relationship with the infertile, gum-diseased woman. I write Bob's lovers in my notepad and then doodle a picture of a Labrador. Mustn't forget Bobo's contribution. Dave might have had a crime scene to sniff, but Bobo has actually met the blighter. So Bobo is Sandra's dog, isn't he? Yes, that's right, yes. Join the facts up, I murmur to myself, still doodling while my mind ticks over. According to Bobo, Bob was having it off with the neighbour. So one of Sandra's neighbours has gum disease and fertility issues, and that's the one Bob's shagging. Bob also indicated that the neighbour in question is a woman. Bobo also indicated. Bobo. Bobo also, yes, because Bob's the murderer, isn't he? Bobo indicated the neighbour in question is a woman. My pen stops mid-doodle. Sandra's neighbours are both men. The old geezer and Roger. Apart from Roger lives with his mother, of course. Oh my God! Roger's mother! And that's the end of the chapter. Yes, and you've put Roger's mother in capital letters. Yes. You've capitalised it. It's because I realised something, to finally. emphasise your epiphany that you've just had. It took me to 72% of the book through <laughs> to come up with a, a very minor epiphany, really. <laughs> well, you're not a professional detective, though, are you? So this is, No, but I should have a head start, what with having, you know, you extra are, powers. Yes, you are. Basically a sort of being a superhero. Psychic, aren't you? Mm. Yes. Hmm, Interesting. Shall we do another one, or is that enough? That's probably uh, enough, isn't yeah, it? I think it's probably enough for one day, isn't it? Yes. We can come back to it on Thursday. That's a lot of information, isn't it? We're at the thinky-thinky part of the book. There'll be some action soon, but you need to do a bit of thinking before you can get there. Yes, this is what they call an info dump, isn't it? Well, no, that sounds like it's it's a bad way of delivering information. It sort of implies that it's a big load of shit, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> that I haven't successfully woven it into the plot. But No, it isn't like that. We did a sort of info, info dump at the beginning, didn't we, because of telling everyone the plot so far. But... Well, you know what I've done. I've, it's so labyrinthine. There are so many characters with interweaving connections yes. that you have to keep reminding people. That's I true. have to keep reminding myself. So that's why you have to. Uh, I have to routinely say, right, here's what we know. Yes, that's good. That's, yes. very, that's good detectiving. Yes. And good storying as well. Yes. And, you know, my listeners are a very intellectual bunch, they so are. I'm sure they don't mind. They can keep up. yes. <laughs> All right. See you next time. Bye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Cam Kander? Yeah, that was a strange thing. A prolific creator who disappeared suddenly in 2020. Eccentric, weird, inscrutable. Cam Kander was like a 21st century Howard Hughes. Nothing is known. Cam Kander, man, woman, non-binary person, no idea. Cam Kander, an enigma, a cipher, a mystery. Was Kander a genius or insane? Is there a difference? And one day, Cam Kander vanished into thin air. Off the map, off the radar, like Amelia Earhart. From me, BK Will, 
in conjunction with Trojan Cat Media, a division of Corp. Leave me alone. I don't have anything to say about Cam Cander. Comes a shocking six-part documentary series. Cam Cander is a Rorschach test. It's a MacGuffin stuffed inside a red herring, shoved down a rabbit hole that leads to a blind alley. Cam Cander is out there, waiting to make their glorious return. Like a cult leader? No, like a messiah. Discover Who is Cam Cander, a new investigative podcast coming Wednesday, September 1st, wherever you listen to podcasts.